Hey guys, this is Alex Ramsey, and I am here again with Chase. What's happening, guys? And we're doing something a little different today. You guys get a special treat. We are going to be, or if you hate us, like a not special treat, but like whatever. You listen anyway. Um, we're doing a commentary <laughs> on The Incredibles, and this is one of our first movie commentaries. We're going to see how it's it, going to be incredible. Yes, we're going to see see how it goes. Um, it's going to be a little bit more laid back than. Most of our other things that we do in general, I know, like it's already pretty laid back, but it's going to be more laid back than that. Anyway, um, it's just going to be kind of us just sitting there watching the movie, um, giving our thoughts, um, kind of just discussing things. We'll give you enough context to where if you want to watch along with us, you can. But our goal basically is to have you listen to this as just like basically get enough context to where like you know what's going on without actually having to have the movie right in front of you it can almost be just like you know a long gonna, form review we're gonna paint you a word picture yeah of what the movie is we're gonna b- bob ross it up <laughs> yeah. in here get but, ready but yeah um so if you did want to watch along with us um just go ahead and start up the dvd menu and pause it right before any of the credits or anything comes up that way um it's on like you should see a black screen and then um are you ready i'm ready if you are all right, um, we're going to go ahead and start right now. You should see the uh, the Disney... Cinderella's see- Castle. Yeah, Cinderella's Castle. You ever been to Disney World? I have. Uh, twice, actually. I went once when I was a kid and once in high school, I believe. Same. I went, um, I went in second grade and I went again in... Uh, what was it? Eighth grade. So right. not exactly high school, but pretty close. Cool. It's a great place. I've, it is. I, yeah. I, I haven't been since like the uh, addition of the Harry Potter world and all that. Yeah. Definitely worth going back for. Um, just starting off, um, I really like that at the beginning we're just kind of thrown in, and it's almost like you're expecting a big action set piece right. at the beginning. Something and, to reach out and grab you. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a TV interview, and I love yep. the, the very like 40s 50s the grain style yeah you know it's 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 obviously you know uh it's on a film reel yeah you can see the little the burnt spots and uh the little tape lines and yeah. stuff it's it's already like like most pixar things instead of being like visual <clears throat> focused it's like character focused right. and it already off the bat shows you this isn't going to be like even at the time like back um when this came out what we didn't it? let's not talk about what year i don't want to feel really old (laughs) yeah okay okay but um yeah like when that came out like superhero movies weren't as widespread as they are today superhero properties weren't and so didn't even i don't i want to say we didn't really even have much uh we had side spider-man yeah outside the realm of sony's versions we didn't really have anything in the mcu yet yeah so this was like kind of seeing this was like it was revolutionary at the time and especially now like going back and we'll see this as we watch it but um it still really holds up like it's still just a really solid like superhero movie it is you know and especially for you know i back in the day when i was younger i wasn't the biggest movie buff or anything of that nature we discussed that earlier but you know like even to my knowledge you know in the realm of Pixar and Disney, there weren't really any superheroes. Yeah. Like at all, you know? Exactly. Right now they have the, um, there's the chase starting up, um, with the, 
with the um, you know, they're shooting the guns and everything, and uh, he's about to change. Switch over to hero mode. Yeah, I don't want to do the thing that some people do whenever they do commentaries where they're just telling you everything they see on screen. Right. It's like, um, I know Arnold Schwarzenegger, they make fun of that. He's like, oh, right now I'm about to shoot the gun and the lady's like, ah, or whatever, <laughs> like that kind of thing. We don't want to do that here. Don't do that. But at the same time, I want to give you guys enough context um, so you guys aren't just like, man, these guys are just oh, wow. talking. But um, I guess that's the point of a commentary, where though. The, where are going to be those people in the movie theater right now? Yeah, it's just like, so wait, so what's happening now? Like, that kind of thing, yeah. Um, you also watch Seinfeld, because I remember... Um, do you remember that? They made a joke about that. I do not recall. I I do watch, or have watched Seinfeld. It's been a very long time, and not. It, I wasn't the most devoted I watched player. selectively. Like, I just remember yeah. that joke of them being like, there's always someone at the movie theater. It's like... So wait, so who is that now? It's like, oh, so she betrayed her. Oh, wow. Why would she do that? Like, that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, look forward to that here. Um, But, yeah, um, honestly, we did this. My mom in every movie we've ever watched together. Oh, my God. How do you get through movies, then? I watch them by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't ever really remember you talking about seeing movies with your mom, so that's probably why. Yeah, that's why most of the time, like, when... uh, we go to the theater with my dad. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, um, I just really like um, overall like how this movie, it kind of, it doesn't just stick to like one thing. It kind of goes through like the age of like, it's the golden age. Like it's even reflected right. down in the color palette. Like it's literally like a golden filter mm-hmm. over everything. Yeah, and one thing speaking to that as well, I I love how they, you know, when you think about it, excuse me when you think about comic books you think about superheroes that era of like prime superman and when comic books were just really big and superheroes were huge you know you you think about it kind of as like quote unquote the comic book nerds yeah to me everybody used to read it they did but to me you you think like about the 80s, but as the actual superheroes go, you think 50s and things like that. Like the 40s, the 30s, yeah. You know, you think the golden age of uh, Captain America, of Superman, somewhere between the 30s and the 50s, and I love that they kept that as the golden age of heroes uh, with this movie, because even in the Watchmen, you know, yeah. you get that vibe and that feel and that time frame right. of like, you know, like post. Um, uh, it's like it's like McCarthy era, I guess. Like a lot maybe. of it is like this. Definitely is like McCarthy era. It, it seems to me like uh, post um, San Francisco, like but pre Los Angeles type. Okay, you know, like you you've got. You've got a little bit of that kind of noir vibe, yeah, yeah. but it's not quite so Hollywood yet, you know? Right, it's kind of it's like... It's not glitzy and glam, but it's not it's not incredibly dark. Yeah, it's kind of like that midway point. Yeah. Like, um, I know with a lot of the... Like, you were talking earlier about how, like, oh, we only associate comic books with, like, comic book nerds and stuff like that. Right. That was not always the case, in fact. Exactly. Yeah, no, no, I didn't mean to make that statement so blanket that it seemed like that, but yeah. 
Oh, it's just like interesting because like back then it's like no everybody read comics. Everybody like did. like they would send comics over to like people that were in the war, like during World War Two. Right, yeah. Yeah, and they would make stuff that was almost like propaganda like for them because they knew the troops right. were reading it. Like boost the morale up, make you feel better, give you something to take your mind off it. Right. And think of something, you know, just as they and they try to in you know, I'm not trying to get political here, but just as they try it's to, fine. <laughs> just, <laughs> just as they try to make, you know, people in the army and things like that, like an army of one, like be right. part of the greater good, you know, something bigger than yourself. Right, contribute to your country. Right. That's yeah. kind of what a superhero the comic books yeah. are. You know, they're you know, this person is using their gifts, their powers, their tech, whatever it happens their to gift be, for the, what make, whatever it is that makes them a superhero, yeah. it's for the greater good. It's for something bigger than themselves. Exactly. For a sense of community or country or right. just humanity in general, they're fighting for the greater good. They're fighting for the betterment of whatever their society is. Right. And I like, um, you were talking about like the greater good and stuff like that. And I like <laughs> that, like, while this is in a golden age, the characters are still flawed. Like, they're not perfect. Right. It's not like, idealized. They're, they're still people. Like, with Buddy right here, where, like, right. he's kind of just, he's very impatient with this kid, right. like, where if it was, say, like, a Superman or something like that, like, he'd probably be more patient and nurturing. Right. And that actually comes back, obviously, to bite him later. Exactly. I mean, he's got the bomb on his cape. He doesn't know. He's, yeah. he's trying to just, he wants to play hero. He wants to be a part of it. And yeah. he's not, you know, he's obviously a kid. He's not taking into consideration every consequence or, you know, any immediate danger. He's just looking past that at at, at the the opportunity to be a superhero, be yeah. a part of the greater good, be better than just himself, to be part of something bigger. And, you know, Mr. Incredibles, you know, not only is he like, whoa, kid, there's a lot more to it than that. But yeah. also like, hey, I've got my own problems here with, you know, Bomb Voyage. Yeah. Name, by the way. Yeah, perfect. I love it. <laughs> but Bomb Voyage trying to blow this whole building up, plus this dude trying to jump off and commit suicide. So right. Like, like see, I got a lot going on here, man. I can't babysit right now. Right. Like, and yeah, if he had been frustrated, if he had been more nurturing, maybe it would turn out different. But like, maybe. I like that. Um, basically, it's just like no, these are very flawed characters, mm -hmm. and you can kind of see the seeds. And like, even with Buddy. It's he got like he got rejected. And like, as we go right. on, we'll talk more about it. But um, he that childlike thing of like, you rejected me. And so now I reject you and I'm going to become better than you. Like, I feel like he never grew past that. I feel like he like syndrome mm -hmm. as a character is very childlike and the way he deals with people and the way he deals with very things. short tempered, very yeah. uh, quick to jump to conclusion. Quick to act. Right. His anger, obviously, you know, as the movie goes on, you see his anger is kind of what gets the betterment of him. Yeah, he, like, and got stunted, maybe, basically. Yeah, yeah, emotionally very stunted. Yeah. And it's just stuff like that where it's <clears throat> like, you see, it's like, yes, these people may have superpowers. They may be, like, you know, this or that. But, like, even though it's a Disney movie, it is... It has layers. Yeah, it has layers. It's deep. It's adult. Like, there's adult right. subjects like suicide. Like, you would not see mm -hmm. that. And, you wouldn't even see was, that in movies now, really. Like, no, most superhero not movies... unless it's on HBO or something. Yeah, Marvel's not going to touch suicide, like, no, honestly. Like, no, 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 no. And Disney so, wouldn't let them do it nowadays. Just, uh, and I feel like that's also a product of the time. I mean, you know, back in, you know, 2004... 2008, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. you know, around this time that came out, but the, the early mid 2000s was like you could 
you could get away with heavier things. I mean, even Top Gun, if you've ever seen the actual version of it, well, uh, where it was, you know, with all the, the swearing, the drinking, smoking, the cursing, mm-hmm. that movie's rated PG. Wow. Yeah. They didn't have a PG-13, though, for a long time. They didn't. So, you know, like, it, I feel like that was still part of that, like, post-80s, 90s era. You could get away with a lot more in the PG culture. And now, with with PG, the PG era, I mean, even, like, professional wrestling's doing it, and they, they are marketing it, calling yeah. themselves the PG era. Yeah. You know, the violence, the adult themes, the swearing. Yeah. The... the, the Controlled substance usage, imagery, suicide, people dying. I mean, when, if ever, have you seen somebody other than, like, Bambi's mom die in a Disney movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? you don't even really see that. It's just implied. You know, Bambi's mom, Mufasa. Not a lot lot of people, uh, not not a lot going on as far as death. You know, even in, you know, and that's the big thing with, like, the Avengers series. That's the big thing. You that's know, one of their biggest points of, like, contention with people is that, like, there's, until recently, there's never really been any consequences to, like, anything. Right. And, like, they've only recently gotten away from that. And I think, yeah. I think long term, I, I get what they're doing. I, I get, like, you know, kids are watching it. And that's the thing with the comics, though, too, is death really has no consequence. So, like, to see... A movie like this, where it's just like, no, someone dies, they're dead. Like, they don't come back. Right, it's it, over with, yeah. Yeah, it's not like, you You see throughout this movie, like, instances of people either, like, getting sucked, like, someone gets sucked into, like, a jet, jet engine, engine yeah. and it's treated like a joke. Like, it's just, like, right. stuff like that, and it's, like, it's all about... Um, Which I feel like plays more to them coming off of that uh, early era, that, new, that post-noir kind of hit a uh, watchman sort of era and aesthetic because I mean, especially if you watch the new watchman, yeah, everybody's fucking dying in that. Right. In the, in the first two seconds of the movie, everybody dies. Right. You know, and, and not even just that, but you know, even in the comic books and stuff, like there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of when something is more prominent, even if it's heavy in nature, when something is more prominent, it's a lot less impactful. Right. You know, if you're surrounded by death all the time, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's sad when it happens to somebody you know, but, you know, when death is more abundant, death is not so scary. It becomes normal. Like it, yeah, it, 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 you get desensitized. It loses its impact. Yeah. And so I, I feel like with that, they stuck to that whole, it's a product of the time, it's a product of the environment, you know, like they right. are... Yes, people are dying. Yes, heroes are going to jail. Yes, you know, bad things are happening to good people. Buildings are blowing up. Right. People are committing suicide. And Especially it, in the era of such heavy censorship, though, too, because I right. think that's a big part of it is back then people like to idealize how it was. But I'm like, no, it was just as screwed up. It's just you didn't, worse, you didn't. It's just. You didn't hear it. about yeah, it. You're seeing it more now. Yeah. yeah, it's like we didn't have the Internet back then. We weren't. <laughs> easily able to communicate with each other so like back then it was much more of a repression thing because i think right. during the 20s and or, people were more squeamish to yeah the fact, i feel you didn't bad things happened but you talk about you talked about them less you know yeah things, or you kind of things were covered up softballed it right things yeah. were things were covered up things were softened you know you knocked the hard edges off of things before you let anybody know about them right exactly and, and i feel like you know in a way yeah. 
that can be good for mm -hmm. some people because it does help them to keep things close to the vest yeah. for, for those who are less comfortable or more, um, more or less affected, you know, more affected by those sort of things. But right. it's also, you know, we used to have this thing, um, when I was in, uh, English class back in, uh, in middle school and they, uh, one of my teachers told me, um, and she had a poster on her wall about it and it was, uh, censorship causes blindness. Yeah, seriously. Because is it, and, you know, and I asked her about it one day and she says, if I, I, it's much easier to be desensitized to something, you know, than it is to never experience something in the first place. Yeah. If you have seen so much death that it no longer hurts as bad and you know how to deal with it, you are in a much better place than if you never experienced death and somebody you love dies. Right. Exactly. Because you will pro it will hurt. It might hurt a lot worse. It might feel a lot worse, but you will handle it and emotionally grow from it a thousand times better. Right. And it's just like, I mean, both me and you, like one of the things Brad Bird talks about, like in this movie, like I, I listened to the commentary. And I remember this um, is he had a moment where like she just um, the Elastigirl mm -hmm. talks to her kids and says, look, these guys aren't playing around, like given the chance they will kill you. And right. he said, I don't like the idea of basically just like, oh, desensitize this, like all oh, the villains are not a threat. It's like, no, like if yeah. it was going to be realistic, there they needs to be. Yeah. yeah, he's They're like, guys. he's like, they do. I don't like the whole censorship thing you were talking about. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't believe in doing that. I think that there needs to be real stakes. It needs to be realistic in that way. It's like yeah. that, that you could die. Otherwise he's kind of like, just what's the point? And kids don't need to be sheltered from that. They need to see that the real world has consequences. Yeah. And like, even in like something as fantastic as the Incredibles or just like a Pixar movie in general, we get, mm -hmm. we get deep stuff like this. We get stuff where like characters are introspective and they make mistakes. They're flawed. Right. And you learn about the human condition. You learn about our, our, uh, uh, growing effects on things. I mean, not just this movie, but just Pixar in general has done a lot of great work with, you know, we have, they gave us Wally. Yeah. And, you know, talked about our, our impact and mm -hmm. on not only ourselves, our own health. Without it being preachy. That's the thing. Without it being preachy, yes. Yeah. But, you know, we don't only affect ourselves on a daily, we affect everyone and everything around us. Right. World included. And which, no better time than now to fucking bring that up because. Yeah. Look at look, look at, at how the look world at, is. Look at how bad it is right now. Yeah. Like, oh my god. I, I hate to I hate to be that guy, but goddamn, look how bad it is right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just this year, you know, we had earthquakes, we had wildfires. California was pretty much burnt down. Right. Australia was like seventy percent on fire. It's and, it's hitting. You know, we got coronavirus now and it just people are scared to go out like uh, obviously it's for like a good reason but right. it's like it's affecting people's lives and like mm -hmm. i think the u.s like in a lot of ways like some children are very like who knows we're gonna get this deep on this um commentary oh, but we're, um we're, all in there. we're basically like the u.s is very sheltered from like other world events oh, like very much so like we have never actually like we've had war in the <laughs> past here 
but it's never we've been. We've never really had a. We've never had a war. Yeah, like a real war on our on our soil with we current can't. technology. Like we wouldn't yeah. know how to handle it. Like Hell no. Like we would. It would fall. It would make us fall apart. Like we always and, take things elsewhere. And well, the thing is too, you know, there's a lot. You know, a lot of most of the war in our lifetime has been on enemy soil. Well, it's not only that. You know, it's been on enemy soil, but. It's been in countries of, I guess, it's, it's been in countries of, of lesser development. Right. With, you know, where, and I, this is a lot to do with how it's being shown to us via media and things like that. You know, you ask the average person, you know, what does Iraq look like? What does Afghanistan look like? They have a like? very stereotypical they, they, picture they, of it. They paint you a picture that, you know, showed sand and nothing. Bunch of caves and, and stuff. You know, caves, dirt huts, you know, people with, you know, turbans and stuff like that. They paint you a very stereotypical and very racist picture that's very misguided, but right. they don't understand, you know, if we had a war on this soil, our population is so dense. Yeah. Especially here, you know, on the coast, you know, we live on the East Coast, the West Coast is even more so, you know, and I just, if we had a war on our soil, it would not only decimate certain areas, it would, it would destroy. Yeah. And it would, it would open people's eyes like this whole to how much destruction we are actually causing in other places. Not saying I want it to happen. Yeah. Not at all. But it would make, I think... If we were to really look at it and imagine it and the levels of destruction happening across the globe that would happen at home, the America, to me, and the way I see it, and I could be wrong, who knows, but the way I see it, America, for the longest time, economically, productivity-wise, yes, we were the most powerful, most developed country in the world for a very long time and to some in some ways kind of still are but we let this blanket term of being the greatest country in the world having the best this owning the best that making the best this we sold the most of that we made the most money off of this you know we got so comfortable in being the best that it became comical to this, you know, at this point, it's comical to think we're the best country in the world because we know more now. That's the well, thing. We, we do. We know more now, and we should be able to realize that. You know, just as the coronavirus came through the country, just you know, that shocked recently, us. We've never dealt with anything like that. It. And yeah. I think America got too complacent in this unrealistic idea that we were we were comfortable in our own naivety. You know, mm -hmm. we were ignorant to the fact that something bad could happen and hurt us because all the bad things that have happened in the last 50 years haven't really affected us too much. We're you know? untouched kind of thing. We are. You know, yeah. we had the perfect storm of, you know, chest beating patriotism and to the point of parody, basically mixed. Yes. Mixed with luckiness that we weren't affected by some of the major things. I mean, yes, you know, 
in recent memory, there's been Katrina and things like that. But, you know, every couple of years is a bad storm yeah. or something like that that happens. Not to downplay any of that Not to stuff. downplay anything. No, yeah. not at all. And we do have plenty of problems in our country. Flint's water problems. You know, speaking on Katrina, New Orleans is still under fucking water. And, you know, there's just a lot going on that we need to take care of. But to sit and braggadociously say that we're the greatest country in the world and not only say it, but very, very naively believe it, it's just, at this point, you're behind the times. It's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. You need to get realistic, and we need to make some changes. Right. And... I'll end that there just by saying yeah. that. God, God, we're gonna we're gonna lose some fans over that, yeah. probably. But <clears throat> I mean, it's wherever it takes us. Right now, um, we're at like it's again, it's another yeah. stereotypical kind of scene where it's like they're saving people from a fire. Yeah. But like um, the thing I like about this is that like it will kind of it will start out with something you think, oh, I know where this is going, and yeah, and then it. completely just like sucker punch you the other way, where yeah. you're just like, oh wow, I didn't see them going this way because they right. take the familiar, like what he said, and it, one, one of the things Brad Bird said is he wanted to take the fantastic and make it Monday, Dane, basically mm-hmm. make it every day, and you can definitely see that with this. That's why, right? It they feels these real. People out of a burning building. Mm-hmm. To just get held up by police because they broke through the wall, right? And ended up, at, you know, they're in ski masks. It looks like they're robbing a jewelry store, and so it's like, oh, you know, on a normal day, this would be nothing, but it's, you know, it's 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 comical that yeah. they fell through and ended up. Whoops, you know, mm-hmm. now we look like we're robbing a bank, yeah, or they're robbing a jewelry store, you know, like, oopsie, and then. It just plays out, and everybody just kind of leaves. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's like uh, one of the things I like about it, and like it's not the first one to do this. Like, but they're taking the platform and the you know familiar trope of like a superhero and using it to discuss like broader themes, like mm-hmm. things like you know the like they even bring up at one point how today people are given awards for basically doing nothing. Basically, and how that's a problem, yeah, and how like participation trophies, yeah, and how like people that if <laughs> if they are talented, not that they should like they should be acknowledged, kind of thing. You're good. Um, like they should be acknowledged. It it's shouldn't not coronavirus, everybody. <laughs> um, like <Smoking. laughs> it should um, basically be like they should be celebrated, but at the same time, I think we have this mentality now where it's just like if someone else is good at something, mm-hmm. we immediately feel like we have to make them not feel worse about it, but make the other person who might feel, feel about not being as good. Yeah. And it's right. just like, that's a flawed system in itself. Cause everyone inherently has their own like pluses and minuses. Of course. And like someone should be able to, you know, it's like I worked hard for this or I'm just intelligent and I right. achieved this without it being detrimental to someone else. I think that's a toxic way to look at things. I think it's like, oh, I can't feel good about this because I'm worried that someone else is going to feel bad about my achievement. You should be able to float your accomplishments if earned truly, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing with, like, even the superheroes where it's just, like, they're kind of set apart, and it's kind of like that thing with people, too, where it's, like, if it's different and, like, it's unfamiliar to you, you immediately, like, not everybody, but, like, humans in general will just be like, oh, this is weird, or I don't like this, and kind of just, like, set them apart Mm -hmm. from everybody. And the whole thing with this is, it's just, like, 
the society like ostracizes them and kind of just like you can't do right. the but, thing. But, but their their whole thing against that is you know why are we being why are we being punished for being different? Yeah, Not, and they never once say you know even Dash and you know as braggadocious as he can be, even Dash isn't. I'm better than everyone else. He just knows he's different. He's and got he, talents. He, yeah, and he has talents and uniqueness that set him apart. Yeah. But they never they never feign to make themselves better than anyone. They just want to be included and appreciated like everyone else without not, being punished for being different. They're not even allowed to be themselves. That's the right. thing. Is they're not, that would be like, say, like <clears throat> you... Um, like you like to write and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That'd be like you making something, somebody getting upset, and then like the government telling you, "Well, you can't do that anymore. Like we're right. taking this away from you. You're not allowed to do that. We're going to make sure that other people don't know you can do this, so no one feels like they're less than." Right. And I'm just like, I feel like that's kind of irresponsible. I know that we grew up in the generation of everyone gets a participation award, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't know. Like with that, I'm like, that's when you're a kid. I guess it's okay, but also you need to tell your kid as well. It's okay if someone else does like something. It's and okay if someone's better than you. We all yeah. have our own individual talents. Yeah, I think you know. To me, I think if if someone, I look at it this way. I don't ever like to brag on myself. I don't ever like to portray myself as being better than someone else at something because I know out there in the world there's always somebody better than me at it. Yeah. And that's the way I look at it. And it's not when I find someone who is better than me at something, especially if it's something I'm passionate about, it's not an opportunity to demean that person or to be jealous of that person. It's an opportunity to utilize that person as a tool to learn. Exactly. It's just like we need to quit with people with like talent and stuff like that, people with just gifts. Like if they're better than something like you said, work with them. Like people are yeah. are here like to work with instead of being like, oh, I don't like them because they're better than me. So in some way, I gotta make them feel bad about it so I feel better. Right. It's Someone just, else's talent doesn't make shouldn't make them shouldn't make you jealous. It should make you excited that they are now. You can now utilize them and their their talents to better yourself. You got something in common kind of thing, which Mm -hmm. is, like, really cool. I like – sorry, just on a side note. I like this um, business with this guy. I like, overall, like, some of the designs in this. I don't know if you – you've seen Iron Giant, right? That's one of my favorite movies of all time, yes, sir. Yeah, um, so, like, it's kind of – if you see the animation style in that movie, it's kind Mm -hmm. of similar to this, except this is just 3D. Right. And um, I just like that kind of – I think he compared it because – being a big like we actually started this commentary because we were saying um that we missed like special features and stuff like that right. on dvds and this one is like slam packed with them oh yeah and whole, so, there's a whole menu of special features on the regular dvd and then there's a whole second disc a whole separate more. disc but yeah um basically like one of the things I like is just you get this other insight. Like, they apparently for this kind of got inspiration from the animated version of 101 Dalmatians, like, in terms of how the eyes look and how, like, the general, they like, move and everything, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely tell it's got, like, it's it's 3D, so I feel like it's less overt that it's kind of retro, but, like... If you actually look at it, this whole movie is kind of, like, the aesthetic of it, even though, like, it's set... 
years later, you never get a concrete time. I know people have theorized, be like, oh, it's actually this right. time, but, like, that's never been said by the creator. Exactly. Um, but, like, you kind of do feel it's, like, it's kind of 60s-ish. And they kept that, too, in, in the newest one, because, I mean, one thing that I noticed, you know, you notice immediately, but I just really loved about Incredibles 2, it literally, quite literally, picks up the exact moment the first one ends. Right. Like, Shot for shot, it's the exact same scene. And right. I think that's amazing because... It's been you know, years. Me, you know, it's been so long. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh my God, it's really... You know, you think you know, you know, think that, you know, the underminer that you see at the end of the movie... Did you ever they, play the video game? I never played the game. Yeah, that's like the unofficial sequel. <laughs> where, oh, yeah. Yeah, where they have like the whole... I haven't played it either. But um, I did play the the Game Boy Advance version of like, this is taking us way back. We're, we're really old guys. Um, sorry. Like the Game Boy Advance version of this. Like I remember certain, like, do you remember when they used to do that? They'd have like movie license, like games where they I would... loved them, dude. I had the, um, I had the Game Boy, uh, game for, uh, the Scooby-Doo movie. I had the Game Boy nice. game for, uh, SpongeBob. That, that, that was like, like which one? SpongeBob games. Do uh, I had the so I had the PlayStation, PlayStation One. Ooh, by the way. going way back. Oh yeah, it was um, the Jellyfish Jam or whatever it was. It was some kind of alliterative name, but uh, basically you're just bouncing off and bouncing around, catching jellyfish and collecting stuff for Mr. Krabs and Sandy and uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Nice. And then in the uh, Game Boy game. Uh, you are collecting golden spatulas, and it's kind of a Sonic-esque, Mario-esque story. I played that game. one. That's the one yeah. I played. Yeah, yeah, and you can you get uh, the seahorse in part of it. You can bounce I was terrible at that game, so I never got that part. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I made it anywhere close. I got... <laughs> I found the cheat code to get to the last uh, last level there you go. In, in the game, so I made it. There's like... I just remember there was like a map of like several levels you had to go to, but... I got the cheat code to get to the last level because I was like not going to make it on my own and right. try to play through it. But I have enough. I don't have um, too much pride to admit I've looked up cheat codes in order to get past certain hard levels too. Hey, come on, yeah, yeah. The here over here, the casual gamers. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, like I just want to see how it ends. I don't want to have to put in this much work. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, we're going to get past it. This is really hard. This is how I deal with life too. I don't, I don't have <laughs> I don't have a big brother to call in to beat this level for me. So. Yeah. My big brother is the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but the, bu the book that I bought at GameStop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I had this this game, and like there would be, um, I think they did. I don't know if it was like I think it was pretty much like shot for shot, or I guess you'd be like pixel for pixel. Yeah. Version of like the, the certain scenes in this, and I just remember the um, the what's oh, it called man. the Omni no the Omnitrix thing. I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's what it's called. Whatever it's called. Anyway, the, the big... Ball, the ball with the arms? Yeah, ball with the arms. I think Omnidrix yeah. is from Ben 10. Whatever. Anyway, um... Hey, good reference. Yeah, that's a good show. But, um, we'll talk about that probably Some in the future. Time. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, like, I remember just certain levels being hard. And it, it, that's the cool thing about this and kind of why we did a commentary about it is, like, not only do we really like this movie, but also we have, like, nostalgic, like, you know, we have memories attached to it. It's not right. just a movie we just picked up one day. It's like, oh, let's see what this is. It's like, yeah. no, it's like we grew up with this. Right. And that, that honestly, like, that nostalgia, it makes you feel part of it, you know? Especially, mm -hmm. that's why, you know, people kind of were 
sort of douchey when uh, the second one came out. You know, a lot yeah. of people, right before it came out, a lot of people were, oh my God, it's been so long, it's going to suck, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm just super excited that they're doing this at all because... That we got one. You know, A... Hell yeah, man. The, Incre- the first Incredibles was awesome. Like, even if this movie isn't that good, I'm going to enjoy it because, you know, what we were saying on the last podcast, it's an yeah. opportunity to revisit that nostalgia. Exactly. It's an opportunity to revisit that feeling that you felt when you were a kid yeah. to bring back that um, that golden feeling of when you first watched something that ended up being amazing. And even if the second part isn't as amazing, you're you still are gonna feel something because you feel that nostalgia and you feel that happiness that the first one brought you. Right. And just so happened to turn out it was an awesome movie. Yeah, you know? it, it might, was great. I loved it, but like it wasn't I didn't like it as much as the first one. But again, like the first one, I feel like this happens a lot with just any artist. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, if you ever have uh like for me, like I could just easy do this like I like Lord a lot, like the musical artist Lord, yeah, and yeah. she Very her good. her first album like I was sitting there one Pure day. Heroin, I believe. Yeah, I love it. But um, her first album, like I remember just loving it and being in love with it. Dude, could listen to it still to this day, whole album without skipping a track. Yeah, great album. It's great, and then um, like just loving everything about it, and then like her having so much to say. And then, like, you know, it'd be a long time before, like, you know, her next album came out, which was Melodrama. Mm -hmm. And I liked that one. (coughs) And I was like, I just couldn't, like, for whatever reason, I couldn't put my finger on it. I'm like, why don't I like this one as much? And the thing was, I was talking to Amanda about it, and she said, maybe they just don't have as much to say in the second one. Maybe, like, because a lot of things, like, with albums or with movies sometimes, it's like, a lot of these ideas that they have in here, especially if it's the first one in the series, a lot of it's going to be them. I don't know if I'm going to get another chance at this. This is stuff I've been thinking about for a long right, time. I have to leave it, you know, I have to lay it all out. Yeah. Right there at the beginning, because, you know, if, if you don't, you can't you get another chance. You yeah. Know? You got you to gotta put it all on the table that first go. And so it's a lot of, like, rumination <laughs> of, like, ideas they've had yeah. over the years. And so there's probably more to the story. With the sequel, right. if you're lucky, this is why we get so excited now for like um you know sequels is because we like you get occasionally you'll get something like a dark knight or something like that where it's better than the first one but for the most part like it's it's kind of a tightrope to walk because an audience like people say oh we want something different but like honestly an audience like it's so like we don't know what we want like um it could change like you know you want to give someone something familiar enough to where like they kind of like oh this seems familiar to what i saw before but also different enough to where i'm like they're not rehashing yeah, the same movie it's not the same plot except with just copy and pasting different villains or like right. you know different characters to it and yeah. honestly if i'm being 100% honest i love this movie you know this is a great great movie i loved it when it first came out i was super excited about it i've watched it a million times right but the second one, I saw once, uh, I believe I was watching it, you know, with the kids and stuff, but I, I only ever watched it once, not that I haven't wanted to see it again or anything, but I just, I only ever watched it once, and to me, and I know it's definitely got to do with the fact that I've seen this one so many times, but I don't remember the second one 
it wasn't as memorable to me. Yeah. Yeah, it had some great stuff in it, you know, but I would, I'd have to watch it again to right. form a better opinion on it, you know, because the first, the first watch, I was super hyped and excited about it and just ready to, ready to get into it because I knew, you know, how much I was going to potentially enjoy it. Do you think it's also, it has to do with like, for me, and like, this is no, in no way a dig against the movie. I, I like the second one a lot and not as much as the first one, obviously, but like the, the second one just kind of seems like if they ever had like a series, it seems like an extended episode kind of thing. Like it didn't feel like a movie. It felt like it, it, it was just more, it wasn't more of the same, but it was like, I could see this being an episode and like a series that they would do about this. It kind of felt like that to me. Um, potentially, I, I feel like it, it, I feel like it was great for a second movie. It gave a lot of newness and a lot of things to think about that were different, but it also was, uh, it was, it was another thing of like, not necessarily that it was an, uh, an episode worthy event, but it was, it, it was good enough to wrap up, but not good enough necessarily to. I don't think there'll ever be a third one. Right, and that's a. You know, I, I like that though because at least then it can end on a solid note. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of things, like I know you grew up the same time around me. Um, they would do this on Disney where they would have like you know you like a movie like say like Hercules or something like that. They would have like an animated series that was right. tied into yeah, it. Yeah, that was big back then, yeah. especially Disney Channel going going crazy over it. They love doing that. Yeah. And Which so, wasn't bad. I mean, some of them kind of weren't that good. I just didn't want anything to cheapen it is the thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I feel like See, that's, that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of the byproduct of us being around in that time mm-hmm. and that being popular because I feel like a lot of times now, anytime I see that they're, they're making a TV show version of a movie, new or old, Kind of cringe a little bit or wince. Oh, God, why? Like, you know, even if the show's good, Mm -hmm. you know, like, they made, um, you know, they've obviously always been doing stuff like making new 90210. I mean, look at the 80s, though, too. The 50s the new Lethal Weapons. Yeah, like... Turning, you know, they made the Limitless show out of the Bradley Cooper. They made movie. a RoboCop show that was, like, RoboCop. animated. Like, yeah, stuff yeah. that doesn't make any sense <clears throat> to right. be a and series. It's, it's one of those things where it's, like, does... In my mind, I'm like, is this necessary? Like, why are we doing this? It kind of cheapens the end product. It cheapens it. Yeah. It makes it seem like, all right, well, it, it takes away from... This story was good and people liked it. it to me, a, a sequel movie is the creators, the writers, the directors getting together and going, people loved this, let's give them a little more. Let's let's reward them for what they have done for us by giving them a little bit more. To make a TV show out of it is them going, we'll eat this shit up, let's make them pay for it. Let's make some money off of this. Because we we can make one big smash movie and, you know, cash out, and give the people exactly what they want. Or we can make a, a show out of it, hopefully get, you know, three, four seasons, and make a lot of money and drag it out. You right. Know? And it becomes less special. Like it's you were, less special, you know? You were saying earlier, you were talking about how, like, if you're used to something, it kind of, like, you know, after a while, like, you're, like, kind of, if anything's 
like death, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like it's all it's just the norm. Desensitize after a while. With something good, if you have it all the time mm-hmm. and like consistently all the time, it's not as special. Moderation is key. Yeah, it's like if you have too much of any, like the classic phrase is like too much of a good thing is like you know yeah it's bad yeah and so like with this I feel like I'm so glad that like they didn't make a series because I feel like it's more special it's like oh oh, wow like I get another one of these like I never thought I would but like this this is really cool I get Mm -hmm. to see more of these characters and I think that's really good it would have been really easy for them just to kind of like be like, let's just make a series to make some money and not really put that much effort into it. But not to downplay, like there's some series based off movies and stuff that are really good. Like, but you know, um, basically it's just like, I'm glad that that didn't happen with this. Um, and now we're, we're also dealing with other things in this. Like it, it, it's a kids movie, but we touch on themes like infidelity and stuff like that. Right. I mean, and even like right now in the scenes, you know, he's bettering himself. You know, Mister Incredible's getting back in shape. He's There's an implied himself. like sex in it. Right. Yeah. Like he goes to walk out the door, and you know, Elastigirl grabs him by the tie and yeah. pulls him back in the house. He goes to leave again. She throws him <laughs> yeah. and makes him back in the house. You know, because he's doing better he's dressing better he's more confident he's getting his you know his pre-dad bod i guess yeah uh, (laughs) you know and he's you know he's he's i guess in a way he's returning to the the man she fell in love with i guess you you could say and that's uh you know it it really touches on a lot of things without even having to say anything. I mean, like depression. Know? Like we touch on depression in this <laughs> right. movie. Like when he's in that he's office, in the office, he, lo- he looks like he's about to drive a pencil through his eye. Like, yeah, seriously, know? it's like he's just so like it's even reflected in the color palette. Like a lot of this, mm-hmm. it, it like movies are like a visual medium. Like the the best movies can tell a story and can tell you something without actually saying anything. Right. And so like with this, it's just like just based off the color palette. Like it's drab. It's muted. It like just looks very unpleasant, uh, very grays and, and neutral tones, and just kind of ho hum. Very claustrophobic. It's almost like you even see him sitting at his desk, and it's almost comical because it's almost like when you you see like a full grown adult sitting like a child's like you know kindergarten classroom or right, something yeah, like that. He's cramped. He's yeah. boxed in. He's uncomfortable, both emotionally, mentally, physically. He's not having a good time. Yeah, he he's, gained. He gained he's not weight. In the right place, you know. Yeah, he's gained weight. <clears> he's let himself go. Um, and kind of just giving up kind of thing. Giving up on his job. I mean, he was trying to help that poor lady out who was having financial troubles and going above and beyond to help her out. And then it ends up, you know, as soon as the boss finds out about it, he, you know, scraps it and, you know, forget her. None of these people matter. What you do is what you do. You know, I tell you what to do and you do nothing else. Like, don't bother, you know, literally saying don't be a hero. Yeah. And like his whole identity is being a hero. And he's having that every single aspect stripped away, from, stripped him. away from him, you know? Yeah. Like I was talking about earlier, like this whole thing is like, if you notice real quick, I hate to interrupt you. What's up? They're talking about where, uh, this happened, you know, these yeah. people dying, but and, the capes. Yeah. But they're saying, you know, that was from however long ago they're saying it happened. All these deaths were happening in, 1956, 57, 58. Right. You know, so 
kind of gives you a sense of, oh, this is so yesterday, like maybe we're in the 60s now, you know, it kind of puts a little stamp on where we might be. Yeah. I didn't really think of it before, but 1956, 57, 58, you know. It definitely has hard leanings, but yeah, with this, it's just, it's kind of interesting. I thought about this, that like, it, yeah, probably is during that time, because like, he's unaware that like some of his other like super, uh, foreseeable like superhero buddies died like it, it comes right. to it as a surprise to him mm-hmm. like that shows you just how shut off from that world he's been exactly. since he retired like and that some of these people went under you know went underground you yeah know? they were doing illegal hero work on the side trying to uh you know just do the right thing or make money or whatever it was and uh it, they ended up you know something happened yeah and so now they're not they're not around anymore and it's like oh man like yeah what happened to him really exactly it's almost like when you're heroing when without any kind of safety net or any kind of backup you know yeah it's almost like um i'd compare it kind of i guess in like a shallow way to kind of like high school so you go away from high school, you graduate, and then years later, you hear about because your your mind's not there anymore. You lose right. track of those friends, and then all of a sudden, you hear, "Oh, so and so, so and so died." I, I haven't thought about them in years. It's right. like once you're cut off from that, mm-hmm. like, and that probably goes into his depression as well. It's just like being forced out of something that he knows that he's doing that's the right thing. He's and flawed. his whole identity was wrapped around it too. You know, right? Not, yeah, not just for the fact of like. It's something he wants to do to be. It's who he is morally. It's yeah. It's literally the fabric of who he is, and his entire identity is based around it. And then it gets stripped away. You know, you lose all connection to yourself, right? You know, internally and emotionally. You know, you're not you're not being true to who you are anymore, right? And it's just like, who are you as a person if this part's stripped away from you? Right. Like he tied so much of his self worth into being a superhero and into helping people yeah. yeah and just to have someone just say well you're not allowed to do that anymore must have been crushing to him like i can't I, yeah i can't imagine that like it's it's crazy and it also like ties into the whole censorship and the whole government like kind of like and it not to get political but um certain like things i know we as americans don't know about or haven't known about in the past because America, like the government, didn't want us to know. They wanted to paint us a picture mm-hmm. of what they wanted the like the the spin. Like you hear like the spin on like the news of like, oh, this is spin towards like you know this or that or this right. is their um, perspective. Like that's the whole thing. It's like perception like determines your whole reality. So based mm-hmm. off what you surround yourself with, what you're told determines like how you see the world and how like honestly that's why the news can be such a bad thing depending on who you choose to listen to. It's like in life. Yeah, very much so. It's who you choose to listen to determines who you are as a person, determines how you see things, and it can also lead to you being misinformed or seeing things only from one side and not really willing to see other things. Like, I think... Right. Um, I like, like this part. I'm, I yeah, yeah. interrupt you. Oh, no, you're really good. I like this part of the movie because, you know, it's where she finds out what's been going on and... You know, she sees there's a new rip in his suit that was never there. Like, she knows that uh, he's been up to something because, mm-hmm. you know, she she finally got him, you know, he was moonlighting, doing hero work on the mm-hmm. side, and she finally th- thinks she got him to quit and got him to, uh, you know, straighten up, get her, right. you know, go back to the real workforce and lay low and that kind of thing. And, 
everybody's happy and getting along and everything's good, and she finds out, you know, she's obviously, even from the beginning of the movie, equally as, as put off and upset about not being able to do hero work anymore because it like like him it defined her identity it was who she was right and the betrayal that he would go back to doing this and he would be be able to you know secretly be in this world and do this again and to just leave her in the dark without her and do it without her you know it's an it's a big betrayal and well she moved on violation of trust that you know he wouldn't he wouldn't at least say, hey, like, I have the opportunity to be a hero again. Do you, yeah. want, do you want in? You know, because I know it's equally as important to you. Yeah, and her thing is, like, I feel like he and his character grows throughout this. I think he, like we said, defines himself by, like, being a superhero. But as the movie goes on and as it gets towards the end, he defines himself for his family and who he is as a father. Like, she made that switch already. She decided... Mm-hmm. Once she got married, she's like, okay, this is gone, but I have other things going for me. I can be a mom. I can be like, you know, a wife kind of thing. Like she immediately was just like, that's fine. I am other things. I am not just this thing. I'm more than just what the superhero suit tells, you know, is for me. Yeah. And I feel like we as human beings also can be guilty of this sometimes too. Like I know some people can get like really burnt, you know, some people get burnt out of a job, like, you know, whatever. And it's like too the, much of your uh, put too much of your efforts into and it. happiness tied yeah. into it, and it's just like that's only a small part of who you are. Right. Like the people who throw themselves into work, mm-hmm. and then they have a bad couple of days at work, and they're just—it's like their whole world's falling apart. It's yeah, like, you know, there's still, more you're, things you're going home to a house, to mm-hmm. a car, to a family, a dog, yeah. a cat, you know, whatever. You have so many other things. You have, right. you know, hobbies. You have interests, you have value, you have worth outside of what you do for a living. Right. And that, I think, you know, is a great thing to touch on about this movie is, you know, literally this, you know, yeah, granted it's being a superhero, but it's literally what they do for a living, you know? Mm -hmm. And they have worth and value and things defining them, them characteristically outside of just that. Yeah, and this, like, I think a good probably summation of this movie would be a man leaves to become a superhero again, but then learns to become a father. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, and to be, to be true and brutally honest, you know, Mr. Incredible's not that great of a dad. He's really not part of the movie. He's very absentee. He's very selfish. He's selfish. His, uh, his motivations do not lie with his family. They lie in him being able to do hero work and him being, you know, him taking every uh, every possible um, him taking every possible step, even if it's a bad step or something illegal or something behind his family and or his or wife's back, to be able to do what he wants to do, right? Because it's, you know, it's selfish. You even tie it back to um, that dinner scene earlier. He's only interested in Dash when he hears he's doing superhero stuff right. or superpowered stuff. Yeah, he's using his powers so he can run super duper fast. He's you know the star of the track team. You know? That snaps him out of his like right. depression and his like self centered like oh look at woe is me like I don't get to do what I used to 
be able to do. Like the only thing that snaps him out of it is like, oh, I'm going to encourage this because I'm projecting my feelings of still wanting to be a superhero onto my son. Right. Being able to live vicariously through him as Mm -hmm. something else. Yeah, and it's just, it comes from a very selfish place. I guarantee you if he didn't say that, that he probably would just be very absent-minded and very, like, you know, Mm non-present throughout the whole thing. Like, I think that he very, like, he never really, like, obviously never really moved on. Like, everybody else kind of moved on. He stayed stuck in that world and... Like, going back to, like, other things, like, he tied his whole emotional well-being into, you know, mental health of, oh, I'm a superhero, and if I don't get that, like, basically, like, he's checked out. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I would sum up as, like, in most of his interactions, like, he'll do little small good things here and there, but for the most part, he's checked out of his everyday life. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can tell by his work with his, you know, the car all that kind of stuff. He's he's at his wits end with everything. It's just getting through the day to come home and do what he wants to do, be able to do superhero work and things like that. Yeah, which is in itself, <clears throat> by itself would be noble, but the way he's doing it is very selfish. Right. Like it's coming from a bad place. And of, I mean, you still, you see, and in, in especially that one scene with, uh, with the, the old lady that gets mugged right outside the office building while his boss is, you know, reaming him out. Yeah. And like, he doesn't, he wants to be able to jump free and go run out the window, you know, jump out the window and go help and save that lady. Yeah. But, you know, life is getting in the way of doing the right, life gets in the way of doing the right thing sometimes. And he is to the point where he would, he still has this, he still has the good ideas, you know, he still wants to be able to do the right thing and be able to do right by people and be the savior and the protector and all that. But he's so consumed with this hero identity that it outweighs doing the right thing. Right. I it's mean, a selfish. He wouldn't, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> would if it wasn't for mostly selfish reasons, would he have even taken this job with Mirage? Exactly. To be like doing a basically hero boot camp. Yeah. Testing these products and things and whatever. Like, no. Because if it was strictly doing it to save people and be a watchful, you know, protector of of the citizens and all that, he'd be like, I don't have time to go to this island and beat up robots i gotta be on the streets it's a very surface level view of superhero stuff Mm -hmm. and um one of the things like that i like is that it takes this like dude who could literally probably move a mountain with his hands and makes him feel powerless which i'm sure is something like that's why he checks out is because he like syndrome is kind of just like emotionally stunted Mm -hmm. to that moment. And it's just never really been able to move on and let go of those past things until the end of the movie, when he actually grows and realizes that his family matters more to him than anything. Exactly. And he, he, it takes a lot for him to get there, but he gets there. Yeah. And he like, again, he's a flawed, he's a flawed guy. Like he, like he's very like, self-centered towards the beginning but then learns over time to you know start thinking bigger pictures start like you know like even has a line about it to um elastigirl saying it's like when they're about to go face off the robot like i'm sure you remember he's like i can't lose you again right like because in that moment 
he realized that, like, after they basically, like, you know, like, he's talking about the explosion and everything where he right. thought he lost them and they died. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think in a broader sense, it might also be, like, he maybe felt he lost her or he lost, like, basically his, like, not his viewpoint, but just how he saw her. Like, she wasn't the same person. He doesn't want to lose her. Or- I think I think flip side of that coin, not so much he lost her as in she went a separate direction. I think he feels he lost her in the way of... She was kind of done with him. She was fed up with what he was doing and his behavior. And he wanted to be the change to make sure that didn't happen again. Yeah. He was willing to, when he, when being a hero, when her, when, you know, being a good husband took a backseat to being a hero, he never wanted that to happen again. He wanted to, he was willing to stop right there and, let whatever happens happens and put it all in the back burner to be with her and to have his family. Yeah. He finally realized, realized that just like being a hero, being a good husband, a family man, it's much bigger than yourself. Exactly. And finally, like, you know, I, I think also it, He's a very stubborn character. Oh, very much so. Yeah, and so, like, him, like, it comes from being a superhero and constantly being, like, what I'm doing is the right thing. And, you know, like, it it takes, like, these things happening for him to realize, maybe I'm not as perfect as I thought I was. Maybe Maybe I'm not as invincible, you know. Maybe I'm not as, you know, I'm not the strongest, mightiest, you know. I'm not always Mr. Incredible Yeah, and in it, more ways than one. And admitting fault and admitting, like, you know, mistakes in the past instead of just being like, oh, I was in the right. Like, he even, he even apologizes, I think, at one point to Syndrome, if I'm not wrong. Like, not in, like, a direct way, more of a, like, I didn't know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how deeply, like, you see him. Like, he didn't know how deeply it affected him, the things that he did, and, like, kind of realizing... Maybe those golden years weren't as golden as I thought they were. True. And it's kind of like that thing that I think we do as well, where we kind of view things through like a rose tinted, like, you know, glasses or whatever, Mm -hmm. where it's just like, oh, this was so great. This was so perfect or whatever. You're not remembering everything. Like you're kind of just remembering the good. Yeah. Yeah. You're remembering what you, what your mind wants you to remember the best parts of things, like the greatest hits kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, I also like, um, just on a whole, whole side note, like with the aesthetic of this, it's very kind of like Johnny Quest-ish, I guess, is the vibe I would use, like for just like the island, like the setting, it's kind of got shades of James Bond too, like the, Definitely, like yeah. the 60s, like, you know, mm-hmm. Sean Connery kind of feel to it. For sure, especially the, the evil lair, the, the, the henchman. Yeah, 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 I really like that you too. Have that, you have that same theme in a lot of... A lot of things of this nature, but you know it, it. It's very different feel to you know the mindless henchman, mm-hmm. the uh, the different style of like uh, evil lair. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like you know in modern superhero movies, and you know you never see really anyone have you know the mindless lackeys and mm-hmm. the big evil lair inside the mountain or the big, uh, or it's usually like aliens or like robots, yeah, you know, their, their quote unquote evil lair is the spaceship they rolled up on. And yeah. You know, 
their mindless henchmen are, you know, actually like warriors and they kind of, you know, at least one or two of them have uh, their own um, personality, their own character traits. There's no stormtroopers, like, really, Yeah, anymore. they're not just mindless lackeys. They're actually put in for, uh, they're put in with actual characteristics and, you know, they have their own power or weapon special or something like that, you know? Omnidroid. That was the name. It wasn't Omnidroid. Sorry. I just noticed that. But yeah, um, I like a lot of this. Um, I honestly, I like, um, just some of the world building in it too, as Mm -hmm. well. Like they, um, like I remember this level from, from the game as well, but this one was really hard, but, um, They have, like, just the different superheroes. Like, I remember even going back to the special features that were on the DVD. They would have, like, you could listen to... They took the time to have, like, where you could click on each one of these that that was on that database that they showed. And they would have, like, an audio clip of, like, that superhero talking about, like, their powers or how they got them or just talking in general. And you got a feel for their personality. Like, they took the time to cast someone mm-hmm. in those different roles so you could see like everything in this is thought out. Like there's nothing in this that's just like kind of, you know, like half thought out or half baked kind of thing. Like everything in this got thought put into it. Everything in this feels like, you know, they thought out every aspect, every single like particle of like this world. Like the, like they took the time to make that took time to make like, you know, this is what this superhero is. This is what they do. Like everything mm-hmm. in this it's not just surface level. Like, there's so much more going on. Right. Like, on it the fringes. A, it, it honestly has a world built around it. It could be, <laughs> you know, with uh, the MCU. You yeah. could make an Incredibles cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. You could do, you know, I, th- I don't think it would be necessarily very hard to make a Gazer Beam spinoff, you know, or yeah. a prequel. Yeah. I mean, he's... Technically, you know, he's deceased throughout this and the second movie because he's deceased in in the first one. You know, you see him dead. You see his body. But, uh, you know, they could do a prequel with, you know, uh, what was it? Um, Torpedo, whatever, and Gazer Beam and some of the other, you know, Kronos and some of the other heroes besides just the five Incredibles, you know, and I think that that would that'd be pretty cool if they ever were to have, were to decide to do something like that. Yeah, they um, definitely with this, it's like it could have been so easy for them just to, like I said, just develop like you know the characters you see mainly on screen and just kind of you know, oh, all these other characters are just generic ripoffs of characters you know, mm-hmm. basically. But um, I like that they took the time. Like that's the thing with Brad Bird, though. Brad Bird, like with. All of his movies, like, say what you want about certain ones of them, but, like, every movie I've seen him do, I've found something I really like about or something where I look at it and I'm just like, I I would never have, like, you don't see this somewhere else. Like, it's something where it's just like, he has something to say, he has a vision, he has a way that he wants the Mm -hmm. thing to look. It's not... It's not like he's not a hack. Like it's not somebody where you're going to see a movie. It's like, oh, this just looks like anybody. If you see a Brad Bird movie... Odds are you're going to know it's a Brad Bird movie just yeah. based off how the characters talk, how they act, how the world looks, that whole thing. Did he do Up? No, he did um, one of the Mission Impossible movies, though. Interesting. It was the one with, I think it, 
<clears throat> might have been the first protocol. Yeah, that was the one. Um, whether he was climbing up the side or whatever. Uh, the the big skyscraper thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, that's the thing. I, I remember seeing, um, I think it was called Tomorrowland, and um, he did that one. Never watched that, but heard good things. It was good. I liked it. Like, it could have been, that was one of those things where it's based off a theme park ride. Right. So it could literally have been anything. Go in any direction, yeah. I'm glad they kind of did their own thing with it and kind of was just like, this is the movie we're making. Doesn't really, I don't really know Tomorrowland the ride. I don't know if it really ties into anything, but... I couldn't place it. Yeah, but like um, Pirates of the Caribbean's its own thing. I kind of like the fact that he's like, well, he again used it beyond just like, oh, it's just a fun adventure movie. He actually used it to talk about something that he cares about. Um, I don't really remember, but uh, I only saw it the one time. But um, I think it might have been about, yeah, it was about how in media now, we constantly are predicting like doom and like gloom all the time mm-hmm. and um that kind of thing of just like you know constantly just like the negativity like that's uh, that's another thing do you think the internet in any way influences how we view movies now i mean i feel like you know there's certain i mean obviously we're sitting here doing a movie review do you think yeah. we're more negative though is the thing or more kind of i think in general and the way I, I like to tell anybody looking up anything, if you look for it, you're gonna find it. Yeah, and that's you know I can I can look up a band, a movie, um, a, a, a news article, anything, and if it, all I have to do is type it in a certain way, the way mm-hmm. I feel about it, you know, and it and whatever I'm gonna find will be indicative of the way I'm looking for it. So if mm-hmm. I'm looking like, you know, I could type in, did the first Incredibles movie suck? And there too, there's one guy out there that thinks it's so. Gonna, it's going to come up, you know, with articles of people who thought it sucked. And it, But if I type in, uh, was the first Incredibles movie great? Just that changing of wordage, you know, people will be like, I'll, most of the articles I'm going to find will be like, oh, yeah, the movie was great. Loved it. Great family film. You right. know, great for the family, and the kids will love it. It's funny enough to keep the kids' attention, but it's also got some adult themes that the adults will like. But, you know, it, it all just depends on the way you look for something. And I, I my thing is, I think the Internet and uh, the media and things take – it gives you a preconceived notion of what you're getting. Right. You know, you aren't able to unbiasedly find things anymore unless you go directly to the source. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to see it, which is great. You should always look for the absolute truth and get something from the source, no matter what it is in life. See what you think about it. Don't just and make your own interpretation. Right. You know, form your own opinion and thoughts on raw, uninterrupted fact and firsthand knowledge. Right. But I think that now it's so much easier to find secondhand, to find something washed out, to find something laden with others' opinions that people don't look people just like in a bad listener, people research 
or listen to react. Yeah. They don't research or listen to learn. Yeah. And I think that's the worst part about it. When you look for something, most people are looking in a way, I want to... I already have an idea about this, and I want to find the information to support what I'm already thinking. Yeah. Or I am thinking about, you know, I don't know about this, but it seems bad. I'm going to see all the ways that it could be bad. Or, you know, I, um, you know, whatever it may be in that aspect, people just... People don't research to learn or research or listen to uh, learn anymore or to potentially experience new ideas or change their mind. They only research and listen to react and to support themselves and what's already been going, you know, what they've already thought about. Right. And like, I feel like you're right. Like a lot of people just go in. If you go in with a closed mindset about things, you're not going to be open to hear other viewpoints. You're just right. going to want to hear whatever it is that you already think about it. Like that's that's the thing I think a lot of people do now. It's just like, I want to think this thing about it. And if you say something contrary to what I think, I'm either going to shut you down or I'm not going to listen to you basically. It's like they've already decided before they even see, like, like just look at how we react to, like, you know, set photos of, like, superhero movies and stuff like that. Like, people mm-hmm. will tear those apart, and it's just like, you have you seen the movie? And they'll just be like, no, I haven't. And it's like, then yeah. what, what are you talking about? Right, then how do you know? Yeah, it's just like they, they look for anything, basically, to tear apart based off, like, their preconceived notion of what they thought it was. And, like, here's a newsflash. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, like, what you thought the movie was the movie is whatever um, the creator wanted it to be. They're not going to, they don't know you. They don't know what everyone's viewpoint or biased or whatever it is going in. So odds are if you're going in like with a preconceived thing of like, this is what I want the movie to be. If it's not this, I'm going to be pissed off and I'm going to complain about it. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, even with costumes, like we'll tear apart costumes and, and, like, sometimes that's, you know, warranted. Sometimes the costumes look terrible, but then other times it's just like, we don't even give things a chance before we've already shut it down. Like, I remember talking to people sometimes, and, like, I'll say, well, what do you think about this movie? Or, like, have you seen this movie? It's like, no, I heard it sucked, or whatever. I'm like, yeah. well, have you seen it? And they're yeah, like, have you seen it, though? Like, no. And it's like, well, who told you that? And then they're like, they'll say some name or something like that. It's like, we've become certain... I'm very cautious of this. That's why I don't listen to reviews intentionally before. Um, I Like if I do a podcast, I don't want to hear other people's opinions about it because I don't want it to in any way shade what I'm going to talk about. I want right. my viewpoint on it to be my viewpoint and it not. That's really one reason I, I like to um, I like doing these reviews and these podcasts with you because I feel like even when you've seen something I haven't seen or I've seen something you haven't seen, we both, we give a light description without giving away too much so that you can still enjoy the story. Right. You know, we, we know like most people would know, you know, no spoilers, bro. Like if I'm, if I'm going to watch this or potentially watch this, don't give, don't give away all, you know, don't, don't ruin it. Yeah. But we also look for, we also speak on it unbiasedly. Yeah. And we don't put any preconceived notions 
mm-hmm. in anyone. I know, obviously, the podcast is a lot different story. Yeah. Because we're literally giving our yeah. very biased opinions. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I hope that if, um, with anything, with this commentary, with any of these podcasts we do, these reviews and things, I hope that, you know, if... If you listen to them before you see something, I hope that we can encourage you to see something. We can encourage you to think about something while you're seeing something. I also hope that, you know, if we if we're able to maybe you had a bad experience. Yeah. And we can open your eyes for or open your mind to, you know, potentially giving something a second look. And that's one of my favorite it, you know? things with like anything. And that's why I have like towards the end of most of my podcasts now, like I say, what did you think of it? Cause I want to hear your opinions. I don't just right. want to, if I want an echo chamber, I would just record myself. Like that's why I have another person on my podcast on anything. So I don't just get my viewpoint. I get another viewpoint, someone to bounce mm-hmm. things off of and sometimes discover new things. That I wouldn't have found like by myself. And, um, like, honestly, like, the great thing is, is just, like, having somebody else to basically, like, look at things differently. Like, I always am open to the idea of, you know, like, reexamining something or looking something differently. Yeah. Like, I think that's, like, a great thing. That's truly the best way. I mean, and, and like, even in some movies that um, I have seen or... Um, started but didn't finish because I just kind of did. I, I I didn't feel totally engrossed in it, or I mm-hmm. wasn't uh, wasn't super into wasn't super into it at first. You know it. Um, you know you would have you've seen it and you watch it or you you know you did a podcast about it right or whatever. And I you know we we've discussed it whatever, but it'll it gives me the chance to like you know what. Maybe I didn't give it a fair shake. Let me right. try again. Or and you know, if it's still not for me, it's still not for me. You know, we're not we're not all gonna like the same things. What kind such, of life would it be? Life, yeah, right? yeah. What kind of life would it be if we did? Right. You know, we're not all gonna like the same things. We're not all gonna have the same opinions, and we're not all gonna see things similarly either. You know, we're we are just as you were saying earlier. Perspective is everything. Yeah, and I'm never going to have the same perspective as you. Yeah, nor you to me. I don't want you to. And that's why it's interesting. You yeah, know? this would be so boring if we both were just like, yeah, I really agree. This is yeah, really yeah, good. Totally. It's a good movie. All right, well, great commentary. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just minutes. cut this crap. Yeah. But yeah, um, the great thing, like, just about like that's why I like having you on or having Amanda on is because like or just anybody in general, is the fact that, like, we're not going to view things the same way. Like, we're going to look at right. things differently. You're going to get something completely different. Like, you, you send two people, like, you know, go look at this picture or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, what do you see? Yeah, it's like, what do you see? What, like, what do I see? We're not going to see the same thing. It's all, it's what you bring to it. It's like, you know, everything you bring to, like, your bias, like, everything mm-hmm. ends up informing, like, reviews in general. Like, like, us as people, that's why it's interesting to listen to reviews. Like beyond the fact, I know some people just listen to it, see, oh, they think the same thing as me. But for me, reviews are cool, right? Because sometimes it gives me a new perspective on something mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Yeah, and, we may both agree that this is great, but we might have different reasons for it. Yeah, yeah like me, like I, I mean, <laughs> just doing this commentary with you so far, I've discovered new things about the movie. Like the whole thing, he goes out to you know, like become a 
superhero again. He comes back a better father, basically. Or he yeah. becomes a father, like, for the first time. Like, I think, um, like, just, you know, doing that, like, having discussions about things is something that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, beyond just, like, you know, fun commentaries, whatever. Like, this is great. I'm probably going to make a series out of this. Yeah. But beyond that, like, it's just fun to have, like, that's why we have, like, these interests. That's why we see movies. It's, like, a, a sense of community. It's, like, seeing these things. A great sense of community, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, that's why you get so excited. Hold up. Booty uh, yeah, scene. Yeah, booty scene. Hey. But um, that's why <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that as a kid and just being, like, having that moment of, like, they like girls now kind of thing. <laughs> the girl got that wagon, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember watching that. And, yeah, anyway, sorry. Last the girl distracted me. Um, Pause for booty. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> what was I talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> the sense of community. Yeah, around, exactly. Around yeah, like that. That like moment. That. Like yeah. us just having that little moment right there. It's, that's why you get so passionate about, like, things whenever you find someone has a shared interest to you. Exactly. Like, it's like, it's so cool because you can have somebody else to talk to, bounce things off of. Be like, hey, isn't this thing that we both really like, this really specific thing, really great? Be like, yeah, yeah, it really is. Totally. And, like, that's, like, the great part. I, I like this scene. It's a good scene. Beyond just the mirror shot, like, I like the creativity of, like, the, you know, people trip. Like, they take superpowers and kind of take them in directions, like, comedic directions or just directions in general. You wouldn't even think right. that it would go. Um, but it works. Yeah, it works. It's it's mundane. But, like, it's the like fanta- uh, fantastic making it mundane, I think, is what I believe he said. Mm-hmm. Um, did you... Wow. Did you also have, um, I remember growing up and, um, I had like this, how in depth I was with this movie. I had like, you remember those discover kids, like books that they used to have where I don't know if it's discover kids. It was something where they would have like, uh, the making of this or something like that. I had that for the Incredibles where they had like breakdowns of their characters and everything. You know, honestly, it doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, but, like, they they just had, it was, I don't think it was even making of, I think it was just talking about their superpowers and everything, and, like, you know, just stuff like that. Like, even from an early age, like, I was very, very into movies. Um, One thing that did get me, speaking similar to that, uh, was uh, when movies like this would come out back in the day and Disney Channel would advertise for them, right? and they would show you behind the scenes of, like, the animators' drawings. Yeah, style. yeah, they'd I love you, that. They'd show you, like, here's a, a storyboard we're working on. You can see it all pinned up on the wall. Yeah. And they'd, you know, oh, well, here's how we draw Dash's hair. Yeah. And stuff like that. And I always thought that was so cool. Like, man, it, you know, it really, it, it, it puts a transparency to it that's like, man, like, not only is this a fun movie to watch, but, like, Look how awesome this is and how all these people are having fun doing this. Like, this now. is a career that somebody yeah, has. Is, and, and this is legit. It, it has to be, for that sort of meticulous work, it has to be a passion. Yeah. And I think, just like, and this is a greater point I wanted to touch on as well, and it, it expands infinitely further than just this movie, but I think in everything, you know, and you can even hear examples of it in just about every religion of the world and peaceful mantras and things like that. You know, it seems cliche at this point, but, you know, do everything with love Mm -hmm. and do everything 
with a passion because not only is it true in you know nor like very important big things but you know it's i feel like great things are made even greater when done through passion or through love through love yeah. and you know when you you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm a chef, and I love making food. I love creating artful pieces. I love, you know, things like that. But beyond the purity of food, beyond being, you know, able to build something from nothing and be creative, just seeing the smile on someone's face while they eat and how much they're enjoying themselves, knowing that they're, you know, fed and happy, that's what really does it for me, and I feel like in certain things like this, these movies and the writers and directors, you know, you can really tell the wholesomeness of a movie when it's made with good intentions, right. and everything is better when done with love and with, with a, a peaceful mind, because you can, you can tell something is at least just head and shoulders better when it's done with love like that. You know, it just yeah. makes, when you can feel the passion behind it, when you can see how people have, have really put their blood, sweat, and tears in something right? to make it for, for good purposes, it just, you can feel it, you know? Right, and even going down to, like, one of the themes, I think, of this, this thing and what it shows us, is so important, like, you know, mm -hmm. super, super strength, you know, that all those powers for them could be like, you know, you could remove the layer of that and be like, that's like being creative for us. Like, look how depressed he was when he wasn't allowed right. to do the thing. And I think it's making a message also of you need to make time to do things that like, right. you know, you right. love right. to do and that makes you but happy. Also on top of that too, look how bad his life became even though he was still doing these things, look how bad his life became when he was doing them for the wrong reasons. Exactly. You know, he almost, even though he was able to do what he wanted, right. which was continue this hero work, which was to feel a sense of purpose in using his powers and his abilities he wasn't doing it for the right reasons and he almost lost everything right his family his children his livelihood his, his life even he almost died and it's apparent too it's like yeah it, and now that he's better he's realizing that the family is the most important mm -hmm. that he has priorities other than self-service yeah and being mr incredible yeah that everything is coming back to him and, and it's a thousand times better than it was or than he ever could have imagined, you know? Yeah, I think before it was kind of like a fast, like, you know, kind of like a interpretation of how he thought he was before, but for the first time in a long time, he actually probably is the person that she fell in love with, like right. Elastigirl. Like he mm -hmm. finally is him again because he's doing things, not because he just, you know, like you said, just selfishly or like whatever, doing it for the wrong reasons. He's doing it because like he has purpose beyond right. just that. And it's like, it comes from a place of like truly caring and not just doing it because like, you know, Oh, like I just really want to do this. Cause me, 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 that kind of right. thing. 
this is, this is a great scene. I don't think this has been topped really, like the super speed and everything oh, yeah. of Dash I love here. Dash is super, like outrunning everything, jumping back and forth, and just the like you know the angles. Yeah, the kineticness of yeah. the scene. Super fluid. Yeah, and just like that's another thing with action. Like a lot of superhero movies. It lives and dies sometimes on the action. And with this, like, you can see everything. You see what's going on. You see how fluid everything is. And, like, you don't miss a beat, basically. It's, like, it... It's revolutionary for, like, a reason. We, uh... We are... I'm gonna guess, uh... We're gonna probably pause here for a second. Yeah, we'll pause here and we'll pick it back up. Right back up. Um, I'll probably release these in, uh, two parts. Um, this will be part one. Alright, so, uh, guys, just go ahead and pause your... Pause here. Your DVD. Dash's run scene. Yep, he's about to... He just hit the water. Pause right there. And we will be back, um, in a minute.